you've not had the chance to meet, my name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor here, and I have the privilege of moving us into a new message series. When we gather like this on a Sunday, we want to experience God's presence together, and we want to take steps in our faith journey. So whether you're exploring faith, you've been following Jesus like me for 30 plus years, we want to journey together. And we believe that God invites us to his life as we open up scripture and we look at how to engage scripture for our lives here and now. And so we're going to do that as a community. And I just want to let you know a little bit of where we're headed in 2022. The next three weeks, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23. And this might be a psalm that you're familiar with. Maybe you've been to a funeral and you've heard somebody officiating a funeral says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. No matter how churched you may or may not be, maybe you've heard that before. But what we're going to find in the next three weeks is that this psalm is as much or more about life than it is about death. And then we're going to move into a conversation about what it looks like to live life on mission with Jesus. We don't think Jesus just comes to give us salvation as our Savior, but we think he invites us into the amazing work that he's doing here and now on the earth. And we believe at this time, as much as any time, our neighbors, our coworkers, and our friends need us to be courageous people who will say, can I pray for you right now? Man, you're pouring out your heart to me. You're sharing what you're facing in your life. You are going through so much right now. Can I just let you know God cares for you? And he's interested, and we would begin to understand what it looks like to be followers of Jesus who will pray for the people in our life. And so we're going to do a five-week series on prayer training. We're going to train everyone how to pray because here's our hope for this local church, that we would be our city's prayer ministry team. That when we leave this place, hundreds of people would be out and about living your wonderful life ready to join God in caring for and loving and welcoming his kingdom to come on Tuesday afternoon, on Thursday morning, when you get that late night text. Anybody ever gotten a late night text before? Just breaks your heart? You know what? Text that prayer, baby. Just text it. It works. It's important. So we're going we're gonna to train our community how to do that. We're going to equip us on the journey of joining Jesus in his mission here and now because we believe God is up to good things. And then I don't know about you, but I just recognize in my own life, I've felt depleted at times. That might surprise you. My hair stays up, but sometimes my soul gets downcast. There's a season of the church called Lent as we move towards Easter, and we're going to look at what does it look like to not live spiritually dehydrated, but to experience the living water that Jesus offers saturate our soul. And the practices that can absolutely fill us up day in and day out. And so I just invite you, come journey with us. When you think about that friend, extend an invitation. And let's, let's open up our lives to pursuing God's presence together. Because we believe the living God is at work. At work. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have us read Psalm 23 together. We're going to read the whole of it, and then this morning I'm going to take kind of the first part. And the thought for this series is that God is our guardian and our guide. 
that we don't have to figure out this life on our own. We don't have to operate out of self-protection mode, but that we can walk with the living God who wants to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, who wants to make sure that we have everything we need, and who is willing to guide us every step of the way and in every season. And what we're going to see in week one is that in God's kingdom and in the work of God for your life, there is a sufficient supply. Let's say that together. Sufficient supply. It's good news, guys. It's good news. So here we go. Let's open up scripture. If you have uh, not ever done this, we encourage you to download, if you have a smartphone, the YouVersion Bible app. They provide a verse of the day every day. You can check it out. It's free. It's a great way to connect with scripture this year. Check that out. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen behind me. This is Psalm 23, starting in verse 1. Let's read this first verse out loud together, if you would join me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Come on. All right, y'all sounded great. Here we go. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And there's so much to this, and if you didn't get to join us Last Sunday, one of the things I was encouraging us to as a community is that this year we would pursue God's presence. And I just want to remind us that pursuing God's presence is possible because God is present. This is one of the identifying realities of the Christian faith is that God is alive. And his promise to us is his presence with us all the way to the very end of the age and for all eternity, we can experience life here and now, aware of and experiencing God's presence. Seminary professor Mark Futado gives us some interesting kind of collection of thoughts, and I just want to summarize them for you because they're going to help us understand the big overarching picture of Psalm 23. He quotes a really well-known person by the last name of Brueggemann and says this, As the divine name Yahweh surrounds the psalm, so the divine presence surrounds all of life. See, the best news I can encourage you with today is that God's presence is not captive to this physical building. But God's heart for you is he wants to surround all of your life, all the days of your life with his presence. He goes on to say this, that since the Lord is my shepherd, I will have everything I need. That's verse one. Since the Lord's goodness and unfailing love will always pursue me, I will most assuredly return again and again to dwell in his presence. Verse six, beginning to end. Since the Lord is my shepherd, verse one, I can be confident that his goodness and unfailing love will pursue me for my entire life. Verse 6, beginning to end. Are you getting encouraged this morning or is it just me? Like this 
is the good news, and it's in the Old Testament. Because this has always been the heart of God and the character of God and the work of God. It goes on to say that the central line of the psalm directs the soul to its chief passion, the divine presence. You are close beside me. God wants you to know his heart is to be near you, to be active, for you to be aware of God's nearness, for you to be aware of God's guiding and leading. Because what we see in Psalm 23 is this is the Psalm of David. Towards the end of his life, reflecting, going, this is the God that I've known. Not because his circumstances have been perfect, but because he has seen the faithfulness of God time and time again. God wants to guard life because he's the giver of life. God wants to guide life because he's the author of life. And God wants to give you life because it is absolutely the essence of who God is. Is this the God that you know? Is this the faith journey you've been looking for? Now, here's what I know. Any of you a shepherd? Yeah, me either. I mean, not figuratively speaking. I don't have sheep on my suburban property. The HOA would frown upon that. But let me show you this picture. Here's a picture of some sheep and a shepherd. You know, what's interesting about this imagery is it moves throughout all Scripture. And if I'm honest, today, you know, being a sheep is uh, kind of made fun of in some circles. It's kind of like sometimes a derogatory slam, depending on which circles you're a part of. Let me just tell you, this imagery is so important. Because it actually helps us get a little bit more connected to the humility with which we should see ourselves and the heart of God leading and guiding us. The Lord is my shepherd. Theologian and author Warren Worsby says, Eastern shepherds guarded their sheep. They led them. They provided food and water for them, took care of them when they were weary, bruised, cut, or sick, rescued them when they strayed, knew their names, assisted in delivering the lambs, and in every way, simply loved them. It would serve us all very well to get more connected to the reality that we're sheep. And God wants to shepherd us. And what's really powerful about this is I was thinking actually out of the Christmas story, you know, we just kind of came out of Advent, there were shepherds in the fields living in the fields nearby. See, the shepherd lived with the sheep and constantly moved them because they needed to be moved into the right pastures and they needed to be kept from danger. And in every season that came, they had to keep moving with the land to make sure they could be provided for. What I think we need to understand as we embark on this conversation together is that we are invited to know God for who he is, not what our life circumstances say. Not what our life circumstances say. Says this again, the Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh, God himself, is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He, 
makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. Remember, the sheep weren't going to find that path on their own. The shepherd had to take him to that well-worn groove that was the way of life, to the source of life, for his name's sake. God is active for our good. God is active for our good. So just take a moment to reflect on your own life. If you were writing a psalm, if you had been privileged to write one of the psalms that would ultimately have landed in the Bible, and we did a little fill-in-the-blank kind of writing prep. The Lord is my fill-in-the-blank. How would you answer that? David, probably into his 60s, says, the Lord is my shepherd. But what about you? The Lord is my... What's really powerful about this text and some things I was learning as I was reading and studying, knowing we were going to get to step into this, is, is there's so much activity of God in the writing of David. He makes me. He leads me. He guides me. He refreshes. It's like we get to be the recipient of all of God's activity, yet our world says the only way you're going to make it is for you to get real active, for you to make it happen, for you to strive, for you to live by your own strength. And then there are circumstances that come that we have no say over, no control over. And I think we question God. God, where are you? What are you doing? Life's falling apart. Oh, no. And then life gets real good. It's like, man, I'm good. Got that job for my name's sake. The Lord is my safety line. The Lord is my source of anger. The Lord is my... In a world that is hurling volume and voices at you, saying, come be a part of my namesake. Come be a part of what I'm doing. This psalm says to followers of Jesus, know who God is. Know who God is. And do not filter your life through the circumstances, because if you look at the life of David, if you look at the life of humans, you will experience horrible things that do not reflect the character and trustworthy nature of God. And we have to come back again, and we have to be able to discern who God is and what is happening in these moments and circumstances. Because as we're going to see in this psalm, there is a valley of the shadow of death that I have to be delivered from. There are paths that are not right. Or the shepherd would go, just go do your own thing. There are pastures that are not green. There are waters that are not still. There are things that will not be good for us. There are circumstances we need to be led to, through, and out of. But God is good, and he's active for our good. The Lord is our shepherd, is actually the name of God. It's Yahweh, it's Jehovah. Here's a little biblical understanding that just th I thought was so cool this week. And again, this is from author and theologian Warren Worsby. 
Verse 1 says, I shall not want. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He leads me beside still waters. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He restores my soul. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. David is saying, come know God in his character and who he will be for you. He's been this for me. He has been this through all of time. He will be this for eternity. Come, know the living God, and let the living God be your shepherd. And then, he didn't just do this from like distance, he moves closer. And this is where we see this psalm connect to the New Testament and the declaration that Jesus is the good shepherd. See, the Lord is revealed in Jesus. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so everything David is proclaiming about God the Father being our shepherd, the character and heart of God, gets connected into the life of Jesus. And in John 10, Jesus says this of himself. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In verse 14, he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is the story of God. It's the heart of God and it's coming available for us here and now. Here and now. In a book called Life Without Lack by Dallas Willard, there are some remarkable uh, things illuminated in his writing. And it's his reflections on this psalm. And I'm just curious, like just think about the world that you live in. Does it sometimes feel like it's lacking? And if I were going to ask you to risk a little bit more in just that world that nobody else sees, your interior world, Do you sometimes have to confront and face lack? Maybe it's lack of resources. Maybe it's lack of safety. Maybe it's lack of identity. Maybe it's lack of acceptance. And it's just whatever it is, it just feels like no matter what I try to do, it's not enough. I mean, I've been there. Sometimes you're there at 8 in the morning, and by 8 in the evening, you're not. Sometimes at 8 in the morning, you have everything you need, and at 8.05, not so much. <laughs> Life can feel so fragile, like it's one phone call away. It's one thing away. It's just, oh, it's just right. You know, one of the things that I've had to face in pastoring during this last two-year run that we've been in, that will become a two-and-a-half-year or a three-year run until it's not anymore, but... I'm just aware, like, there's this underlying current of sadness on my soul. And I know I still have some years to live, but I will tell you, I've never been so sick and tired of death in all my life. And the more I read Psalm 23 and the more I think about the heart of God and the character of God, I am finding hope that there is a God who also is sick and tired of death. And he says, I'm going to lay down my life 
to conquer death, and I'm going to be the resurrected king so that I can give life, and even death does not get the final word. This is the good news of Psalm 23, all the Old Testament, all the New Testament, and the life of God revealed in Jesus and fulfilled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if your heart right now is going, I like that. That sounds good to me. Just come on in. This is God's heart for you. This is the life of following Jesus. It is a life of faith, not religion. It is a life of hope anchored in the good king who wants to be present with you every day. And this is the hope we need right now. And now here's another voice you might be hearing. Yeah, but that's David. He was like, I don't know, the giant slayer. I'm not a giant slayer. That's an Old Testament Bible story. If you're new to church, don't stress over it. He's just David and Goliath. He was a king. I'm not a king. Dallas Willard says something so key for all of us today because you might be hearing the voice, man, Psalm 23 and that life you're talking about with God, that somehow is beyond me. I'm not deserving of that life. I'm not that good. Dallas Willard will come right at us and he says this, the life described in Psalm 23 is not something reserved for a, a few peculiar people we read about in the Bible. It is an expression of God's intent for every human being. Everyone. Everyone is invited to say yes to this. Everyone is being invited to know this God because this God is constant and unchanging and faithful and eternal and alive and interested in walking with you. This God will be patient with you. This God in loving kindness will say, I will pursue you with my goodness and my mercy. And this God is gentle and kind and willing to wait until you're ready. until you're ready. See, this helps me understand when Jesus is on the earth and he's teaching and he says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. See, the one who can speak this confidently understands on our own we will lack. We will long for something more than we can get on our own. We will go, God, there's got to be more. I'm hungry for more of your righteousness. I thirst for more of your kingdom. This life that I'm living on my own leaves me weary. It leaves me discouraged. It leaves me uncertain. It leaves me dry. And the good shepherd looks at you and says, blessed are you when you're in that place. Don't be discouraged. Don't beat yourself up because there's not enough faith inside of you. Don't beat yourself up because you're not doing the Christian thing well enough. And don't beat yourself up because you've actually given it your best shot and you feel more like a failure than a success. He says, blessed are you when you allow yourself to connect to the hunger and the thirst that the good shepherd is ready to satisfy. Because he will lead you into green pastures. He will lead you beside still waters. 
he will refresh and restore your soul. The living God will come and begin to do the work deep, deep, deep within you. And this struck me this week because I was thinking about our culture is, is kind of like they want to move closer to this. And so in, in the best sense of the word, they're saying, hey, make sure you, you take care of yourself, self-care. Make sure you care for your mental health. Make sure you care for your emotional health. And I understand what the culture is saying, but I think if we're not careful, we deal with this at the surface, with which really is a soul issue. And I just want to remind us today that the Good Shepherd wants, to under, wants you to understand that soul care is still greater than self-care. Because no matter how much you try to care for yourself, you're not God. I'm sorry. Like, I hope that doesn't offend you. I hope it frees you to understand. You're not. It's okay. I'm not either. Trust me. I figured that one out a long time ago. The living God wants to care for your soul. The ESV, which is the English Standard Version, says, He restores my soul. Which means his intent for you was always to have a soul that's whole. And life does work on it. People do work on it. I do work on it myself. And it's not whole anymore. But the intent of God's kingdom and his restorative work is he wants you to be whole, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational. He wants the shalom, the full wholeness of his kingdom to be what you know. And he wants to do it. You know why he wants to do it? Because then we'll tell his story. And we'll be free. See, the faith journey is intended to be a journey of freedom. Where you experience the living God who created it all, who made you in his image, walk closely with you. This is the Garden of Eden in Genesis. God walked with Adam and Eve through the garden. And this is the hope of heaven for eternity, that we would walk with and worship God for eternity. We just get to live it now. Does that sound like, I mean, is that good news to anybody else beside me? This is the thing, guys. God, our guardian, God, our guide, saying, I am here wanting to be active in your life so that our lives will tell the story of God. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. For his namesake. And this might be the most challenging part of the whole psalm today. Will you allow God to guide every part of your life for your good, but for his glory? I'm going to ask if Dino can help me out. I left a prop in the AV booth. I told you I'm not God. If I was God, I would have already had my prop. It would have been perfect. The illustration would have crushed it. Everybody would come to Jesus today, but it's okay. Actually, if you read about Jesus, he called people and people walked away. Even people walked away from Jesus when he lived here on the earth. Would you bring, yep, that's it. Let's bring that down front. 
See, this is why we have to do it together, because in my own life, I'm imperfect. If I did not have the help of a community, it would just not be pretty. It would not be good. But let me show you what it looks like to live for the namesake of somebody else. This is a limited edition issued only to a single point guard who played at the University of Texas San Antonio. And right now you're thinking, Kurt, that's not you because that's a double XL. I'm, I don't wear a double XL. This was the smallest size jersey issued at the University of Texas San Antonio. <laughs> See, what it looks like to live for somebody else's namesake is that you give all of your life to the name on the front with no name on the back. Our world and our culture tells you to make sure you live for your name and your name alone. It's called selfishness. God's kingdom says live for the living God and love your neighbor as yourself. And God says, I want to lead you on the right paths for my namesake. I had a coaching staff at a university that helped encourage me on the right paths for their namesake. So if you go to the Convocation Center at the University of Texas San Antonio, you will see a championship banner without my name on it that I helped hang in the rafters. Our entire life is being perpetually assaulted by any and every possible namesake saying, wear my identity, wear my jersey, live for me. And the living God says, let me guide you on the right paths for my namesake. Will you find your identity fully in me? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Will you know that the truest thing about you and your life is that you are my kid? You are my son, you are my daughter, and that becomes the filter through which you see every decision and every day of your life. That becomes the reality that you see every part of your life. Because if I've given one part of my life to God and his kingdom, but I live the rest of my life according to me and my kingdom, there is a collision of kingdoms inside of me and I'm fractured. But Psalm 23 says this, come experience the character of God and the heart of God for you in every part of who you are so that you are not living a fractured life, you are living a whole life. And everything good in you, you just go, God has been so good to me. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Because the God who somehow spoke the cosmos into being breathed life into me and says, I will walk with you. I will lead you along the right paths for my, my namesake. Because you were made for his presence and you were made to live a life that praises him. Let's stand together as a community. Here at the Vineyard, we like to just take some time at the end to respond to what God's been doing in our midst, God's 
presence here, the Holy Spirit, Scripture being read. And I think it would be foolish of us to, to slow down and, and connect with the Word of God revealed in Psalm 23 and go, that was nice, and to leave. Because you and I are being invited into the reality and the work of God that is intended to change us here and now and to, to really do some work in our lives when we leave this place. And so where might God be meeting you today? What might be God's invitation to you? you know, there's this really powerful imagery in Scripture that Jesus leaves the herd of sheep that are safe, and he goes for the one that is off doing their own thing. That rogue sheep, you know? Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've just been like living life your own way, and today you actually experienced God say, I'm, I'm here, I'm pursuing you, I want you, come, let me lead you, come, let me guide you. It's actually like the beginning of a relationship where you let God be God, and you begin to receive more of what you need from him. That's the faith journey. And at different times in our life, we'll have to say that again and again and again. But it is a yes to saying, I am a part of what you're doing, God. I'm in on your family. You have welcomed me in, and I want to follow you. I want to humble myself to your leading, to your guiding, to your guarding. That might be a new thought for you today, but I'm just going to invite you. If that's what God's doing in your life, just say yes. It's good. Like, this will be your story. The other thought that I've had, and this actually was one of our other pastors and I were talking last week as well, but here's the other thing. If you've been following Jesus long enough, there's probably an invitation for repentance, which means you just, it's not about like, are you in, are you out, is it faith, but you just realize like, I've been kind of doing my own thing, and, and God, I just want to repent from living outside of your right paths, and I just want to get back in the groove with you. Like, as it's a new year, it's a new thing, like, I've let you have this part of my life, but not that part of my life. I've lived fractured. Repentance is turning the part of my life that's not been following God back, turning your attention back to God. That might be what you're, what you're needing right now. I don't know. I'm not inside your head. I'm not, in, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there. I know my own life well enough to know that might be the thing. And it's just humbling ourselves in God's presence, saying, I cannot supply what I need. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what repentance is. Repentance is, I hunger and thirst for you, God. I turn to you again. And the last one is, you're his first pick in the draft. On the playground, God wants to pick you. Like, he wants you a part of what he's doing. He wants your life to tell his story, like for his namesake. You've kind of just thought it didn't matter. It was for those peculiar few. It's not. He wants to lead you in right paths so that you know you have a story to tell and it's to bring him glory. 
So God, we just, we just ask that you would speak to us. We just say, come, Holy Spirit, would you? I ask that the gift we see in David writing this psalm of such personal trust and faith, I pray that that would be the growing reality for every single person here today experiencing this online. We just ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, and speak. You are the promised presence of God for us here and now today. God, I pray that for those of us who've been just struggling, we've just felt like, man, life has been full of, of lack. I pray today would be a day we step back into your story where you are the one who shepherds us so that we lack nothing. We just wait on you for a minute. If you're willing to pray for people, you're part of our prayer ministry team, maybe you're a small group leader, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come on down so that people can see you're available. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. God, we just pray you begin to fill your church today. Fill those places that are, are empty. Come bring living water to the places that are dry. On the places that we just feel starved, would you come and supply what we need? And I just asked you, where there's real circumstances that are telling a different story, would you show yourself present? So God, today we bless. I just bless the community of people that you love that you truly want to be each of us and collectively all of our good shepherd, that you have laid down your life for each person here because you love them. And I pray that this week we would experience you leading us into green pastures beside quiet waters, that you would refresh our soul. We love you, God. We need you more in our lives. So we say, come, be near us, Fill us with your presence today, and we pray this over your community in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.